You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number 285. We're discussing DC fandom teases, The Batman, and Shang-Chi hype. I'm one of your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And we've got another exciting week in Nerd in front of us, boys. Lots of news to discuss here, including a big tease from DC fandom. October 16th can't come soon enough because we're going to get a huge slate of content put in front of us that includes the Batman, Black Adam, the Flash. So much to digest there. We've also got Shang-Chi. The next big MCU movie is at our doorstep. We're going to be seeing it this week. Maybe, maybe we're going to be seeing it this week. And I can't wait to discuss our last minute hype for that one. We're also going to touch on another big component of the MCU and that is Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But guys, we've got a little bit of a different show for you this week when it comes to how it's constructed. We're going to throw a different formula at you this week, and we're going to move this week in Nerd, my personal favorite segment, to the end of the episode. We're going to bring that news up front here, so we're going to dive straight into that. But first, we've got a little announcement that we'd like to make, a very exciting announcement about a new show coming from the nerd room and our good friends over at vigilante 1939 we are partnering with those guys over there daddy bats nico and zeddy to bring you a brand new live stream experience exclusively on youtube in the form of a podcast called four questions about fandom now the concept here is that each of the hosts is going to bring a secret question to the table And we're going to have a raw and real discussion about a diverse set of topics, diverting away from our normal coverage over at V39 and inside here of the Nerd Room and bringing a different element to the table. So we're very excited to partner up with those guys to bring our first show on September 17th. We're going to have a ton of fun with this one, and we cannot wait to get in front of you. Now, Carlos, the goddamn Batman, you came up with this concept, and why don't you shed a little bit of light on where this came from, and maybe expand a bit more on what we're going for here. Uh, the concept kind of was born out of my desire to just uh, tip some bourbons with uh, <laughs> our pals at Vigilante 1939. I got to say, like, you know, we've we've had our Disney Plus launches and wrap-ups for the various Star Wars and Marvel shows, and uh, what the listeners don't know is that particularly when those shows would wrap on a Friday night, it uh, it was a little out of control in the uh, after shows here. So uh, with them moving to Wednesday, there was a bit of a void where we needed to to get that beverage tip in time with the the Carusos and Mister Zednik going again. So uh, we kind of brainstormed and came up with the idea of a collab that was our own to roll out whenever we like. And then as far as the the basis of the show, or at least for this first episode, it was a way to kind of play and just have some free flow and discussion and let everybody's creative juices flow and allow people to dip into some of those things that they might want to platform about 
a bit on various pieces of fandom or just things that might not get a forum anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see what it brings. Could be anything from what's your favorite Star Wars Lego to did you have an existential crisis the first time you read um, Civil War? So <laughs> who knows what it'll bring, but it should be a good time. And uh, I hope as many people out there as possible will join us for that. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. So it's September 17th, Friday, September 17th. Bring a few brews or whatever your drink of choice is. If it's water, bring that along. Join us on the live stream. The first one will be over on the Nordroom YouTube page. That is four questions about fandom brought to you by Vigilante1939 and the Nerd Room. So get hyped, guys. Get excited. Go over and subscribe there. You'll see everything will actually be up already when this episode drops. So with that, guys, let's do this and jump straight over to the news. All right, so last week we discussed the highly anticipated Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Arguably one of the most anticipated films since Avengers Endgame and likely the biggest film inside of 2021 if it does indeed stay inside of this year. So go check out our episode one episode back where we broke that trailer down and discussed what we thought of it and also what we thought was being teased inside of it. But that being the biggest and most anticipated film led to it raking in an enormous 355.5 million views in its first 24 hours, crushing the previous record holder, which is Avengers Endgame, that its trailer debuted to 289 million views. So 60, 70 million more views than Avengers Endgame, the biggest film of all time. So, Troy, does this set a precedence now for what this film should do at the box office or did you add 70 million views to spider-man no way home (laughs) listen man this is this is huge this is this is great news but i'm 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 not even surprised man you can't (laughs) underestimate the power of spidey or batman those two guys are juggernauts in this industry in this world of fandom um for me, what does it do? I mean, I think it depends where we stand with the world, right? Mm-hmm. With especially with the U.S., where we sit with um, obviously the pandemic. Um, but I mean, to what Black Widow has what eighty mil? Black Widow has the highest, yeah, right. So I, it definitely has potential to beat Black Widow. I would say, um, you know, considering all things are okay, actually it has a really good chance because they're not going to be going out on the Disney Plus. So this is going to be only theater. Mm-hmm. Right. So that box office draw, a lot of people are going to get their butts in the seats to watch this film, depending as, you know, obviously if things are okay. So, yeah, man, I think we're looking at a movie right here that's going to, you know, break some uh, pandemic records, I guess you could say, for the box office. But um, I'm super excited, man. For me, what I find really interesting is what kind of pull this does for Sony. And does this make it more increase the odds of Spider-Man going away and sticking in the Sony universe? Or is Disney going to fight that much harder to keep their pride and joy Spider-Man? You know what I mean? What's what's going to happen? What is going to happen? We get a two Spider-Mans, two Spider-Mans possibly, because the name brand is obviously massive. When mm-hmm. you look at this guy, when it comes to the merch, I've been saying for a while, it's bigger than Star Wars. It's, it's bigger than Avengers. It's, it's, it's even bigger than Batman when it comes to the merch alone, when it comes to Spidey. So clearly this is a hot property to, to keep. So it's going to be pretty cool to keep an eye on this guy and see how it performs. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's a big question mark it puts on here. This is what I'll go to you with this, Carlos. 
is that regardless of the box office, because we're in a pandemic era, no matter what happens, this is going to have some constraints put onto it. This isn't all of a sudden going to be 2018 or 2019 where we have billion-dollar films. This is going to underperform relative to your pre-pandemic MCU films. No doubt about it. But like Troy was saying, this here I think is a great indicator as to the power that Spider-Man has. And then what sort of confidence does this now give Sony for a Spider-Man verse? Like they have to be moving forward with something spinning out of this, whether it's Maguire or whomever coming back. But this to me is probably going to be your best indication of the popularity and how much it resonates with the general fan base. Yeah, definitely. And it almost shocks me that Sony hasn't done anything with Spider-Man in the absence of the character in their films Mm -hmm. versus uh, him being in the MCU. So yeah, it's definitely long overdue and yeah, there's no denying the, the appeal of Spider-Man. Like he's the, the little kids number one go to and then sticks with people for life. So yeah, I, I've been saying for a while on the show that I, I think this is where Spider-Man shows up and uh, plants himself in Sony's verse. And Spider-Man's just got such a rich base of supporting characters, you won't even miss the Avengers. No. Like He's got a pile of the best villains in comics, and you could do a series of movies with just Spider-Man and Venom playing off each other, sometimes friends, sometimes foes, and probably see success at some point in time on the same levels as these MCU films are making. And that on the other side of the equation, like Disney wins no matter what, because <laughs> unlike that Fox deal with Spider-Man, Disney gets a hundred percent of the revenue from merchandising. Yeah. So <laughs> Sony could make Spider-Man trip to Troy's house. And <laughs> there's a line of Spider-Man trip to Troy's house, action figures Disney makes the money off of that. Mm. So they win no matter what. As long as Sony is producing movies with the character, Disney can make their money on the merch side of the equation. And yeah, I, I think that that's, that's a piece that gets lost in the sauce a little bit yeah. is that the, the house of mouse always wins. So yeah, they have yeah, the house. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you guys find it interesting too? Because I believe it was this week or last week, middle of last week, uh, Sony's rebranded their universe. So whenever they had like that horrible name yeah, of like Sony's Marvel characters, something <laughs> characters universe, if Sumac or whatever it was, yeah, yeah, Spunk or something is it's, it's horrible. <laughs> but now I believe they've re, they've rebranded it and it's um, Sony's Spider Man universe mm-hmm. or Spider Man's Sony's universe, something other, but it's two S's and a U. So um, I think that's kind of interesting timed, you know, especially because we got Venom coming up, which I now do believe has been concreted to come out for that original release and then we have morbius i think still sticking to january but basically they're on the roll here pumping out the spider-man characters i'm sure at some point we'll hear more about the craven the hunter as well so it is kind of interesting to hear like they are kind of you know planting the heels and banking on the name spider-man in their universe so if anyone with any marketing background would know that let's plant our flag into spider-man here and like you said putting the name into the universe so people are very clear mm-hmm. that venom and morbius and craven are all part of that universe is very very yeah. important Th- mm-hmm. this number here it it surprises me Endgame was the most i had the biggest cliffhanger of all time 
and arguably the most anticipated film in the MCU ever. And this one outperformed it. And yeah, it was a lot of repeat watches, but that's that's a lot of people watching a trailer multiple times to rake up 70, 80 million dollars on or <laughs> million views on top of what was done for Endgame, right? Yeah. Oh man, I'm like like I I don't doubt this power of Spider-Man and I love my boy, but like I am shocked mm-hmm. based on just the numbers that Infinity War did with that cliffhanger yeah. in particular. Like people went to go see that terrible Captain Marvel movie in droves just because it let out of Infinity mm-hmm. War. <laughs> so that it beat so you got to think that people were clicking that Endgame trailer like mad. Yeah to watch it, to try and get hints as to where it's going and how their heroes are going to come back. So that Spider-Man eclipsed it pretty handily is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's not like it did powerful. like five million more. <laughs> like, this is a humongous margin. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. Power of yeah. Spider-Man, it's there. And it, it's it's coming in a big way, I think, for Sony. If they're smart, they leverage what is going to be an enormous movie, even if the box office doesn't reflect that. It's going to be another game-changer shift for Spider-Man, I think. I think it'll be the first movie to have pre-pandemic numbers. You think so? Myself. Yeah. The only you might be right because we might be at the end of the fourth wave <laughs> by the time <laughs> December. Right, yeah. December is a good time, it's, man. That's yeah. that's an amazing look. What Star Wars did, obviously, yeah. right? Obviously, there was no pandemic at that point, mm-hmm. but December is like a you know a crutch. Right? It's the most coveted spot. It is the highest grossing movies of all time, with the exception of mm-hmm. the Avengers films, are sat in that December slot. Yeah. yeah. Avatar, Titanic. I think Titanic was there. Maybe Titanic was. Yeah. yeah, it was. Star Wars all set in that. Aquaman as well, right? Yeah, Aquaman, Aquaman billion dollar billy. film in there. Jumanji yeah. was another big one that yeah. led out of that December time slot into January. So huge numbers there, huge numbers there. And as we continue into the MCU here, we saw Doctor Strange playing, playing a very odd role inside of that trailer. We got a rumor from his upcoming film, the second Doctor Strange film, Multiverse of Madness, about a Fox character potentially making a cameo appearance inside of the Multiverse of Madness. Now, No Way Home has seemingly opened up the multiverse on the big screen. We saw Loki do it, and No Way Home, the trailer, at least seemed to imply that the Sony side of things was going to be coming into the MCU. Now, with the multiverse open and with Carlos's speculation here that we're going to have a one-two punch with No Way Home and Doctor Strange, even so much saying that it was a sequel to it, a direct sequel to it. Does it make sense now? And how do you feel, Carlos, about Fox coming into this? You know, Disney owns the characters, owns the rights to those films. Does it make sense to just blow this thing open and use the multiverse as a crutch to start to bring in these characters? Like, I a couple months ago I wasn't so much feeling it. I think I feel a little better now that we've seen something in No Way Home. But now you're talking about Fox, and I'm starting to get worried as to where the MCU is going with this. No man, I I don't want to see this. Like the X Men deserve a fresh, mm-hmm. glorious start. Like I I love McAvoy and Fassbender, and they would be the pieces I'd want to keep. But at the same time, I think you're better served to mm-hmm. just scorched earth restart if the rumors are true i'd speculate at pietro because of the wanda connection to that movie mm-hmm. and having him bombing around in there somewhere and maybe you use it as a backdoor to bring ryan reynolds deadpool into things because they're gonna have to introduce him and have an explanation for him somehow so 
you know, maybe he's the token Fox character that pops up in this thing mm-hmm. and they dump him in your Marvel universe so that when you do want to put his movie to film, it's already established as to how he got there. So that's kind of my guess. But uh, I yeah, it it's funny because when you first mentioned this in the DM, I thought it was what if that you were referring to. And so I was like, oh, Spider-Man, Vampire Hunter, maybe they're going to use Wesley Snipes' blade in the episode. Ooh. But <laughs> No, that's not the rumor. And there, if you dig deep enough out there, you can find at who the, the individual is that is being rumored. I didn't, and we're oh, not going to okay. bring it up here. But I like the idea of it being Deadpool. Even just an end credit stinger where he just drops out of the air and he wipes up and brushes himself off and just gets him in the MCU now and walks away. You know, once we've had like the multiverse movie and all the seriousness, like I think dropping Deadpool into the middle of a battle and him walking around where Wanda is doing whatever, I think that like would be very jarring and abrupt. But to have a stinger where Reynolds just basically walks into the MCU through a hole, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, could be cool. I'm digging that. Troy, Fox characters in the MCU, specifically inside of the multiverse of madness. There's a few characters you could probably guess outside of maybe Deadpool. You could think maybe like, is it, a Pietro? Is it a, a Professor X? Is it a Magneto? Given her connection to, to some of these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I, And like, let me put it out there. I'm with Carlos. Fresh start for the X-Men. I don't want any of this. Yeah. Deadpool, to yeah. me, Deadpool transcends the, the barriers and all that. And they've already kind of went there with Korg and everything. And that character, mm-hmm. to me, is very easily pulled in just because of the nature of the film and its fourth wall breaking and how they can do that. And it'd be a really cool and funny avenue for ryan Reynolds to explore even doing it pg-13 i think it'd be a lot of fun him making fun of disney for for clapping down on that throughout the whole movie but do, do we need this do we need more characters coming from these previous franchises that have spent their time they've told their stories we've all grown kind of tired of them and we want to see something new well you know to be honest like i thought when i heard or came across it um they said the fox characters but i don't think they necessarily meant the Fox characters we've seen. Okay. So like basically like it's the X-Men, but it's not necessarily like the Fox cast. Okay. Right. So it's not necessarily going to be McAvoy or it's going to be Fastbender, but it's going to be like the Fox characters that were once, you know, okay. the rights where okay. Fox belongs. So, I mean, if I'm going that route, um, cause we're playing this game again, we're always playing this game now, right? The X-Men. <laughs> it's always every movie. When? I feel like this is the one, this is the one that the X-Men comes. So I'll, I'll play that game. But yeah, I feel like a good option um is, is obviously professor x that's always a huge possibility especially when you have dr strange you have um charles xavier i feel like that is like illuminati kind of territory mm. and you could always go that route right he basically mind wiped everybody to forget who the x-men were like it's always an easy one i'm not necessarily fond of it but that's like an easy route if they want to go that way um another one is franklin richards super powerful uh that's another one i could see especially when you deal with like multiverse um magic is also a big one if you're talking x-men characters especially because like the dimension hopping mm-hmm. um so those are kind of like the top three in my mind and then there's always there's always um mr fantastic man there's always that kind of route if uh because it can't just be always just the x-men characters it is the fox characters mm-hmm. and they were also a part of that deal as well so if mr fantastic and his his crew the fantastic four were somewhere trapped outside of some sort of multiverse that's a possibility as well but um I don't know, man. This is this is just that game we always play of who's going to pop up. And um, I don't know, man. I think we're getting to the point when 
the X-Men do appear or the Fantastic Four do appear, they're going to announce it. They're going to crack oh, yeah. that deal. It's not going to be, it's not going to be us waiting to see like a, a Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield pop up in the, the Spider-Man film. I think they're going to, they're going to market mm-hmm. the film very clearly like Fantastic Four is here. And if it is an after credit scene, I, I just don't see it being something like this off the multiverse. Cause I'm like you guys, I want like a clean slate. Mm-hmm. I want these characters to have not necessarily your origin story, but I want them to have some sort of, story of where they've been or how they've formed i guess that kind of is an origin story but <laughs> that's kind of it's, where i'm at basically with uh with the x-men it's feel- or the fantastic four it's feeling very big right now and and murky to me the mcu it's the first time i've ever kind of got that feeling where it's like i don't really know where all this multiverse stuff is going like loki yeah. it was a good tight story but yeah. now it's just with this spider-man thing and now you know what mm. happens with all these other characters it's it's getting i don't know i'm starting to feel uh, a little worried about what they could be doing and shortcuts maybe they're taking i always have full confidence in kevin feige Mm -hmm. but rushing to the x-men i think is a bad move it's that's yeah i think i think so but i i I definitely do think because we just did talk about spidey where he could end up and i feel like if he does go full on sony and he is out of the mcu I, I feel like they are going to put a lot into their X-Men. I know they could still do some numbers, some pretty heavy numbers with the characters they have left, but Fantastic Four, that's you know, whatever. They could be done properly, but the X-Men, those guys are like, that's their next end game, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially without Spidey. Yeah. One, they'll give them the opportunity to develop like their next Avengers characters, and they can take a few more risks with mm-hmm. that space. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of excited because, yeah, the X-Men guarantees you butts in the seats, right? Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. You just have to put Logan in a hint of that regular costume, and oh. you're doing like an extra 30% on the last Fox movie. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's brilliant oh, yeah. right now about an MCU version of the X-Men is that there's pieces of, like it's significant pieces of the X-Men that were never touched on film by Fox. Like the yellow Wolverine costume, you know, a proper gambit. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff that wasn't done and that still left it like low hanging fruit in some cases. God, most things weren't done if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very exciting stuff potentially with multiverse of madness and this whole craziness that's going on. But we got, we got lots to look forward to there, but before we get to any of that, really, we've got to take a stop at our next MCU film. And that's Shang-Chi. Now, not much more can be said about this film. We've talked about the hype. We've talked about the trailers. And it's here, guys. As this episode drops, it's coming out the next day or even this evening or that evening on Thursday evening, September 2nd. Full debut on September 3rd. So, Troy, how are you watching this? Are you watching this this weekend? And are we reviewing it next week? I guess I guess maybe I'm the biggest <laughs> enigma in that question. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, Shang-Chi... I don't know if you guys have all known, go on sideshow.com. This this is not endorsed by (laughs) any means, but they dropped the hot toys for Shang-Chi. And I believe also the Mandarin as well, didn't they? Yes. I think there's two. And they look amazing. The face sculpt on those guys are next level. Like, man. So, So props to hot toys. But anyways, back to the movie. Definitely checking it. I'm checking it this Thursday. Um, I cannot wait. I, I, I can't break that chain because I've seen every MCU film on the big screen and that's going to continue. So uh, yeah, man, this Thursday I'm checking that out and I cannot wait to see how this movie unfolds. Cause I'm hearing extremely mm-hmm. good things. I'm hearing it's the best origin film since Iron Man one. Um, I cannot wait to see abomination and Wong 
and uh, I'm I'm getting I'm getting that that build. I'm getting that that anticipation's high, man. You feeling it, eh? Post credit scenes, here we come. I'm there. There. Well, I like that, man. I like that. You got me hyped up yeah. a little more just even talking about <laughs> going back to the theaters. That Carl, so you gonna be checking this one out? Yeah, my hype, like my hype, is pretty muted for this one. And like I said, my family, you know, I I fully respect yourself and everybody else, my own family included, who's just like, you know what, I'm gonna cool it out and wait to see uh, when this thing drops on Disney Plus. Forty five days. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I, and. So that's cool. But uh, my hype for this movie comes from hooking up with my boy, Sanjay. So Sonny, it's been a long time since I've seen his face or even heard his voice. Where is that guy, you. by the way? Uh, he's somewhere. playing tennis, man. He has a new yeah. career path. There. He's playing yeah, tennis. That's right. Those uh, the short long shorts, hair man. don't he's care. He's out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. So, And it's good. It's a little colder in Calgary, so he doesn't have to worry about things hanging out. But, um <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing our seeing our co-host there and uh, hearing his voice and and checking out the movie. And yeah, I'm like I've said over and over and over again. Even a mediocre to poor MCU movie is always a good time mm-hmm. at the movies. So um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll check it out and report back. So I guess I guess yeah. I'm the God man out right now. I don't know how I'm gonna see this. I, I really honestly don't. I'm not a. I don't know about being in closed spaces with other people. I tried to rent out a movie theater <laughs> for uh, for us, but they never got back to me. So hopefully next week we're talking about it, or it just might be Carl Sanjay and Troy. <laughs> Who knows? I think it should be the next Shazam. <laughs> just... The names are close. <laughs> Shang Chi and Shazam. Maybe all the S movies. Maybe we just skip them until Superman. <laughs> But I mean, Spider Man. <laughs> no way. <laughs> home. It's no way home. We can. It gets a pass. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. So yeah, I, I, my, my hype isn't. I think it says for. It's not where it usually is for an MCU film. And I, I was the same way with Black Widow, to be honest with you. And I was very pleasantly mm. surprised with that. That's it's it's a fantastic film. And you know, we talk about the trailers, we talk about the stuff, but my uncertainty as to if I how I'm gonna see this. For both Black Widow and this, I'm wondering if it's adding to my ability that I'm not walking or my ability to enjoy a film because I'm not walking in with this like huge anticipation opening night. It's just I'll see it when I see it and I just mm-hmm. enjoy the film for what it is. Right. And so my my viewing experience has changed dramatically throughout this. And I find I'm thinking more about how and if I'm going to see it rather than when and how soon, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Eternals too, but I feel pretty muted about both of them. I know they're both going to be awesome. So yeah, we'll see. Next week, it's it's going to be the Shang-Chi review with a all four of us or maybe just three of us. And maybe not Sanjay. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe just Troy and I. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my vote is for the – it gets the Shazam treatment. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it gets a Shazam it treatment. The, the disrespect, man. 45 days after <laughs> Shang-Chi drops in theaters, we'll review it. We'll review it for the oh, Disney man. Plus hype weekend. <laughs> you know what, man? I'm actually oh, good man. with that. I'm good with that. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll be reviewing it. Oh, you know what? To the listeners out there, if you want us to do it sooner, let us know. But if you want us to wait until the Disney Plus drop, we can do that too. It's actually, to be honest yeah. with you, I, I kind of like this, Carlos. I like where you're going. 
Carlos is, is not only taking my hosting role, he's also taking my producer role on this on this podcast. I'm gonna Man, be... don't jam me up. Like Endgame, Cap handed the shield to Falcon. Yeah. And it's just the, Kevin Feige. It's his fault. So do I That's get to go and just enjoy my life now <laughs> as an old man? <laughs> no, but that, it's a good thing. I might put a poll up on my Twitter, NerdRM, and just see because it is actually an interesting question as to our, our audience. Are you guys going to see it? opening weekend or are you going to wait for disney plus like how are you going to consume this and when would you prefer the review right away where you have to skip next week or wait till everyone's seen it so we'll throw a pull up and just see we'll just take the temperature and we'll go from there yeah i'm cool with that man just 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 put some respect on shang chi's name please i mean shazam <laughs> come on y'all don't don't compare oh. this film to shazam let's not go the there let's enjoy back. this movie poor billy batson <laughs> billy oh poor billy poor billy <laughs> No, this movie's gonna. I think this movie's gonna is gonna be fire. I, I've heard like you try very very positive things about it. So mm-hmm. we shall see mm-hmm. in a week or in a week plus forty five days. We will see. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about some DC here, guys. Come on, come on. October sixteenth, twenty twenty one. A one day one show mega event coming from DC. In the form of DC Fandom, the second annual DC Fandom. I got to tell you, there was a trailer that dropped this week. No new footage really that I could tell. But banging score, awesome imagery, and just hype level 15 when it comes to DC and what DC Fandom is going to bring to us. So this event, digital free, we're going to see a new trailer from Batman. First look at Black Adam, sneak peek at the Flash, potentially behind the scenes for Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, a sneak peek at Peacemaker. We're going to get a a look, guys, at some gameplay for Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and Gotham Knights. Goddamn Batman. I'm hyped. I'm on 15. Where are you at with this? Oh, man. 15? It's got to be 27, like Detective 27. <laughs> First appearance of the goddamn Batman. Man, this one this this one hits a bit different because, like, the first fandom, it was like, look how cool and slick and badass this is. This one kind of feels like a big celebration. Like, it's something for the whole family. Like, I, I actually thought of your household right away when I see it because the poster, it's like the ground is opening up and you got the DC superhero mm-hmm. girls in the same image as... Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman, and Robert Pattinson's yeah. Batman. As like, it's just, it's crazy and fun, and I just love, like you said, that there's just such a variety of offerings that are coming from this, and I think the trailer really showcased that. And they're gonna have stuff like Super Pets. I guess we're getting our first look at what that movie's gonna have, and Bat Wheels, which is like the DC knockoff Cars movie that they're doing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I'm I'm hyped, and then. I'm sure that I have a tangible percentage of the amount of views that the Batman trailer got. So I am ready for some more footage from this movie. So I'm hyped for that and really, really, really excited to see the first look at Black Adam. Mm -hmm. Because I think once that hits and we get like The Rock has already done a phenomenal job. Like nobody knew who Black Adam was five years ago. Like he was this backup story in the 52 book. And that was the first big showcase that he'd gotten in years. And now he's like a name brand character that people are dropping next to 
Captain America and the Flash. Like it's it's nuts how far they've taken that character. So yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for that. And then like the gaming stuff just mm. today like the my timeline notifications blew up because we got tagged in the thing saying like who's excited for Gotham Knights with this poster they dropped and the poster was literally just I think like a member of the Court of Owls or like a henchman mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. are going crazy for it so just imagine when we finally get to see some gameplay from that and from Kill the Suicide or Kill the Justice League oh, cannot wait man cannot yeah. wait yeah it is it is absolute next level like the poster that you mentioned here it is a clip art nightmare but it's just it's just a display and a showcase of all the characters they're putting front and center of we can call it the all new all different dc whatever you want to do it it is a a brand that is now firing on all cylinders it is recognizing all the content at once and it's embracing everything about what is special about DC, which this is the thing I love about it, right? You look at this poster, it doesn't leave anything behind. Like you said, DC Superhero Girls, you got Superman from Superman and Lois front and center on this, Battinson, Aquaman, Peacemaker, got DJ in there, everyone. It's Titans, it's everything from the CW. So the universe is is a whole and every piece of it is telling a story for someone of a different age a different ethnicity background everywhere you're getting something inside of dc and that's what excites me about all this is just like the sheer diversity and volume of content across so many different mediums and pointing at so many different people like it's just it's fantastic so troy what's the thing that got you hyped the most about fandom coming out here october 16th um, honestly, I'm just, I'm just hyped in general for the whole event. Mm-hmm. Like last year when we did fandom, um, just all through the DMs, man, that was a party. It was, <laughs> it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts because they were blowing my mind with all the reveals and some of the interviews and it was just like a cool hype time. And then to top it off, like Carlos and I go back and forth, like DC is having a ball this year from the comics, man. Like the comics alone with Tom Taylor's Nightwing now, and obviously we got like future state and just the whole direction that they're going. And, like, I, I absolutely loved, loved Superman and Lois. That show was fantastic. I'm hearing good things about Titans Season 3. We got Gotham Knights coming out. And my boy has the PS5, so we're going to be gaming <laughs> hard on that. Like, I'm all there. And, uh, I, you know, and for the poster, I really actually like it. Like, normally, I would not mess with a poster like this at all. But there's something about all of these images and characters from their different not properties, but shows and, and comics that come together. That is just like, it's, they're very proud of their content mm-hmm. and they're, they're showing it here full colors. And I just, I love it, man. Like a lot of these images should have been worked together, but it has a bit of like that. Um, It actually has a little bit of like that David Ayer's like suicide squad, like color scheme glossed over like all of their core characters. And it works on so many, for me, it does at least. I mean, even Shazam. Even Shazam, the guy that we just talked about, looks pretty decent here right now. Next next beside the Doom Patrols, yeah. like the Nightwing and the Supergirls. Like, I love it, man. Jon Stewart out there. Like, it's it's cool, man. It really just has me excited for this event because I, uh, I think they knocked it out of the park for the first time last year. And I think it can only get better from here on in, especially when we have movies like um, the Batman obviously coming out. But then we also have uh, the Flash yeah. as well with two Batmans or two Batmen. So... Ah, I, I, I'm completely stoked. I just I want to see like some 
game announcements, man. I want like an Injustice 3. I want to see more of the Flash movie, the Battinson. Um, some more stuff coming out of our way through like the comics, like events coming that, that, down that line. I'm just, I'm all in. The 16th, I cannot wait to watch this, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. Think about it this way. Contextualize it this way. Six weeks, we've got a new Batman trailer. We're likely to see Keaton, I think at a minimum in the Bruce Wayne role inside of some sort of sneak peek at the flash at a minimum we're gonna get black adam film footage unbelievable just in those three properties we're gonna get a what's going to be a hilarious peacemaker trailer i'm assuming and then there's so much more your your gameplay all that the comics and the thing i i am loving about this and i i really want dc to continue with the live stream the virtual conference for this stuff. I think if they embrace what they did last year, it can be super slick and it's so accessible to everyone. So it becomes a celebration with everyone. It's not 150 people in a place that see it and we read about it on Twitter about how great the footage was, right? And then we watch on our phones on YouTube. This becomes a collective celebration of DC across all of these properties. And you're right, Troy. Last year was it was as much fun in the DM, like we were sitting shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. experiencing all this stuff because we experienced it together. Yeah. And so we're gonna have a ton of coverage around this, guys. We're gonna think about some fun stuff to do with other people, collaborations, and and fandom. Like I'm I'm stoked. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to most over the next couple of months. Is just there, there's so much here, and I think the thing that we're all probably most looking forward to is that. Batman trailer, the Batman trailer, number two. It's been a year, a year since we have seen something from that. The movie's done. Post-production's done. It's in the can as far as we know. It's coming. And we're starting to get some first hints, some rumors as to really the tone of the film. We think we, we always knew it was going to be pretty dark. But we're hearing stuff out there online that it's graphic it's scary. Dano is a mental case inside of that Riddler role. Horrific or horror film is has been thrown out there as well. And I got to tell you, I am so excited. I know there's a lot coming out, and I'm an MCU guy. There's a lot coming out in 2022. This film, I'd probably argue, is probably my most anticipated film for 2022, The Batman. So, Carlos. Amazing. I'm going to take your temperature on on some of these discussions online about the tone of this film in particular. We've seen 89, we've seen West, we've seen Bale do it, which we thought was the most grounded, dark, and gritty thing we're going to get. This looks like it's taking another step in that direction. We also had the Snyder stuff, right, that was a bit more fantastical in my opinion. So this is how I like my Batman. Where's your Where's your thoughts at with something like this given that we're also going to get Keaton as well. Yeah, like my, to show my hand a bit, I guess like my ideal flavor of Batman would kind of be that comic booky, bit heightened, Affleck Batman, all things being equal. But I'm all about the storyteller utilizing the character to their sensibilities the best. Mm-hmm. And I look at the films that Matt Reeves made, and I don't see him doing a live action version of the comic books or Batman, the animated series or the Arkham games. But I do see him or at least not the 
kind of superhero-y Justice League mm-hmm. Batman, but I do see him really, really, really nailing that grounded noir style of Batman, like that Batman that could exist in our real world, uh, that Batman that, like, part of the appeal of the character is that any of us could be Batman. Like, none of us could be as rich as Bruce Wayne, and it's unlikely, with the exception of Troy, that any of us could be as fit as Bruce <laughs> Wayne. But it's it's still in the realm of possibility. And so Matt Reeves is the kind of director that can play with that idea and illustrate for an audience what that would look like and take us on that journey through that guy's mind and through that guy's experience. And I love the fact that it's a year two type story. So he's... Mm-hmm been around for a minute so we don't got to go through the origin but it's still close enough to his Mm -hmm. genesis point that he's figuring things out and like one of the rumors that came out of these test screenings is that there's a lot of narration and inner monologue from batman throughout the movie Mm -hmm. and that's amazing to me like that shows you that the intent of this filmmaker is to really get you into the mind and the machinations of what Bruce Wayne is all about and what his experience is and how he's reacting to this world around him. And that's that's so cool. Like I, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. I'm I bang that drum all day. Like I'll take character over continuity and character over spectacle any day. So man, bring it. And Matt Reeves seems like the kind of guy who really understands this character. And he's going to push him, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's going to do some things that some people won't like and that might make people uncomfortable. But I think he's going to tell a hell of a story and give us a pretty special movie. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Couldn't agree more. There's, there's from the goddamn Batman himself. Yeah. So, Troy, man, this, this, wow. this vibe that's coming off of the Batman, yeah. we're six weeks out from the next trailer where we're going to get probably a really true flavor for exactly what this film is going to be about. I don't think that Matt Reeves is going to be able to hide too much of that tone inside of a trailer. I think that what we see is what we're going to get on film. So are you mm-hmm. feeling something like this, given that we've we've got so many different iterations of the Batman already? Is, is it time to go darker, grittier, even more violent, more graphic with this character if it serves the story? 100%. I, I couldn't agree with uh, Carlos even more. I mean, this is... um. I love the take. At least it looks like they're going with that grounded take. Something kind of like picking off the heels of a Nolan flavor, but even more combat-centric from Bruce himself. Um, even darker than a Nolan film, like in tone and like cinematography-wise too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool because it looks like DC's going all in because at the same time, they're giving us like that Keen and Affleck. So it's kind of going to balance it out in mm-hmm. a sense so they can go mm-hmm. all in on one way and all in on the other. And I'm totally there for it. Um, it's the year two, though. It's the year two idea that I really, really like. I love that it's not an origin tale. And it's like what Carlos said, right? He's kind of had his heels in the costume for a little while, but he's still not quite the Batman that we all know. I mean, his relationship with the police officers might be somewhat established, at least with the commissioner. Um, so I'm just, I, I'm stoked, man. I just want to see that, um, that true detective, but I also want to see the Batman down down to the nitty-gritty in the streets kicking some ass mm-hmm. and i i think we're going to get it here but it's, i think it's going to be a very smart tale of the cape crusader at the same time too and might have a little bit of that slow burn feel this is just all what i'm going off of what we've heard from matt reeves and seen but it's just such a 
it looks like a slightly different take on the character, but at the same time still so true and making it modern in a day and age that we would live in now of of, of Bruce existing. So mm-hmm. um, I'm all there for it. Like I said, when I saw Tenet with my boy here, I looked at the guy when Robert Pattinson showed up and he had that GQ swag. And I was like, we're good. This this is Bruce Wayne. I'm sold. I'm I'll never sold forget now, that, so. man. He rolls up yeah. in this one scene, Tim, and he's got this suit on and he's and he kind of walks into this hall and you see him scoping cameras and we both look at each other at the exact same time and just go, Bruce. <laughs> there it is, man. Yes. That connection. That connection. I love it. It's This is going to be quite a spectacle, quite an event. And there's going to be a lot for us to chew on here in the nerd room coming out of the back end of DC fandom. So guys, put in your calendars, get ready for October 16th. It's coming. It's happening. It's going to be something else. The whole community is going to be a buzz, I think from, from DC fandom. And it's going to be likely multiple shows on our part to cover everything in the detail it deserves. So Big, big October for the boys here. Big October for DC and big October for, for fandom itself. So very, very exciting stuff there, guys. And that wraps up the news for this week. Now we're going to jump over to my favorite segment. It's This Week in Nerd Boys. It was quite the week last week for the goddamn Batman. And I'm a bit worried, to be honest with you. You know, a lot of people online were talking about what an epic week you had. I'm hoping that, that you played the cooler a bit this weekend. Otherwise, you're going to be crashing on my couch, I feel. <laughs> oh, man. Did I ever embrace this, like, just lower key? <laughs> like, I'm I'm that future state dark detective Batman. It's like, shoot, I'm broke. I just got to use the things that I have in front of me because I ain't got access to anything else. <laughs> So, yeah, that's what it was all about. Just kind of setting up that PS5, giving, um, giving it the first few tryouts, trying out kind of the pack-in little Astros robot game, and then uh, taking a walk through Wakanda with that Black Panther DLC mm. for the Avengers game. And, man, I super loved it. Like, it, it really put new life into that game, and the game just kind of hits a bit different on the PS5, I found. I don't know. Mm. Did you play the PS4 version first, or did you... Just go PS5 right away. Yeah, I had the PS4 version first. And then once I got on the PS5, I cranked it to the performance mode. So to increase that frame rate. Okay. And and it shows, man. It, it's it's a better experience. Faster load times. It's great. It's way better. Yeah, and just like like the collision detection seems to be a bit better. And I, I did have to laugh. Like I get into my first confrontation and you had to take out a bunch of henchmen. And I kicked one and he kind of fell into this inaccessible like a piece of the background but i couldn't get to him to take him out and i was like avengers like (laughs) why are you doing me so wrong all the time so i had to reload the checkpoint but after that i was i was having fun and i loved fighting an actual boss like that Mm. you got to fight crossbones instead of like a hulk-sized taskmaster over and over (laughs) again like yes and the jungle scenery as well the mm -hmm. textures look great you know yeah yeah, and when you're going through like his like little training cave and whatnot, in yeah, yeah, it was cool, and I love that they leaned into Wakanda so much. So Big you kind of got a bit of a reprieve from all the aim stuff. So that was yeah. part of it. Um, I'd actually watched it last week, and it was so good that I watched it again this week. But Netflix, uh, The Witcher: Nightmare of the Wolf, it's an anime movie that they put out, and. Anybody out there that's interested in The Witcher, even remotely, or is a fan of anime, like, check this thing out. Like, it 
blew me away. The animation was so cool and it told a really great story as well. And it's like, it takes place, I don't know, like 30 to 50 years before like the Witcher books or any of the games or anything starts. So it's a prequel to everything. And it kind of follows his like Geralt's mentor. And uh, they did some really dynamic and interesting things. And even like just the relationships in there and uh, things I'd never seen in animation before. So it was pretty impressive and everybody has Netflix. So if you, if you have a chance and if you're remotely interested, give it a watch. Um, I did a bit of uh, dabbling in that world of Troy the boy, custom out <laughs> of the mm. Bloodsport figure. Because I uh, did, like, the figure is great. Like, the sculpt on it is perfect, and the detailing is sublime. But, man, they, like, instead of going with that kind of rusty, bronzy color, uh, with the blue, it's, like, bright orange. And I, like, took this guy out of the pack. I was like, yeah, he's awesome. And I don't really mess with customizing very much. But then I was looking at him, and I was like, man, this guy looks like he plays for the Edmonton Oilers. (laughs) I I can't have this on the shelf. So I started messing with some paints and uh, I ended up kind of getting this cool look where I got that rust color going and it worked mm. out really good. So I, I got a little little taste for this customizing thing. I, I'm not <laughs> still not brave enough to, to do the things you do, bro, but um it looks uh, good man come on now this thing looks dope like did you put it on ig or like twitter it's on twitter it's on twitter yeah it's on my twitter yeah, yeah for sure yeah people need to check that out it looks good man because you got like that like dry brushing effect to give it like that rust and it looks way better because if you see the promotions for the figure it looks nothing like it because they have that effect but when you actually get it in hand it's mm. not there it's just like that kool-aid man orange <laughs> yeah. so you went over and just killed it like it, it, it looks so good no yeah man it, it was a pretty happy fluke but yeah, I, thanks so much. That means a lot coming from you as the master customizer. So I'm very grateful for that. And then went up to Airdrie and visited our boy Dave oh, at Snap yeah, Collectibles. Yeah, did some shopping for everybody. Did some shopping for Tim to kind of see what was going on and didn't quite have the Ghostbusters pieces that uh, he wanted. But uh, I was taking my buddy there for the first time and uh, it was cool. Like it was a really neat experience because this was my friend that I started collecting with back in like junior high school. It's your Star and Wars buddy? Go, yeah. And we would go, my buddy Bill. So we would go on hunts back in the day and uh, flea markets and little community grad sales were the were our weekends kind of thing. So it was cool to go up to his shop and like he was blown away by the perfect mix of the old and the new and some of the vintage stuff. And he had a, a few really cool things in the store that day. Like he had a, boxed vintage jet fire in there and things of that nature so it was a really neat experience to have him up there and we're all just kind of hanging out visiting with dave and ended up finding flash thompson the marvel legend no way what but what he was totally stripped brother i like find him in this case i was like dude do you have the rest of the pieces for this flash thompson he's like no man it's 10 bucks but he was like he had he didn't have the jacket on didn't have any of the armor, didn't have the belt. So he's basically like what? a white Spider-Man. And so he's like, man, how come you don't want to buy this? I was like, here. And I pulled up the picture of what the figure is actually supposed to look like. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, that's pretty badass. I can see why you don't want that. <laughs> but it was heartbreaking. No way. So close, oh. yet so far away for uh, 
what's become like a grail piece that I don't want to pay over 35 bucks for. The so. best kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just had to throw that out there for to the listeners. The, the Flash Thompson anti-Venom or Venom uh, quest still continues. I, look, you were sending me pics from up there at Snap, and I don't know, man, just those pictures of those, the, what is it, the superpowers? Or su- oh, yeah. Yeah, the oh. superpowers figures. Superpower, and then it got me itchy for the Secret War stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, "Geez, do I? I can't, I can't start collecting another thing, can I?" Oh, and those I ain't cheap either. <laughs> no, like the the super, like the thing with the Secret Wars figures is they're hard to get with the shields, but the shields was kind of like a fundamental part of those figures because mm-hmm. every single character came with them, and then they had like a little. Um, motion effect to them where you'd get to see scenes or like them and their secret identity and stuff so that was cool and they're not great figures and they didn't hold up very well so like i have my captain america from when i was a kid and he's literally like you couldn't tell that it was captain america because he's like a blob of plastic (laughs) he's so well played with and like spider-man is hilarious because he's like completely (laughs) naked he's like this red and blue molded plastic but it was just from holding them in my hand. So they didn't hold up very well. So they're hard to get. But yeah, he had a sweet bunch of carded superpowers figures. Like he had four or five of the full size card ones. And then he had a pile of the mini card ones where it was basically cut to fit the figure type of thing. And I was like, ah, I, I want the full card Batman. But I go, hey, Dave, what's the. What's the price on the Batman superpowers? I was like, I made the trip up here. I'll, I'll spend spend the buck and take that superpowers home. He's like, uh, $1,500, but you get the other eight for free. <laughs> He's like, man, I can't do it. He's like, I can't. I can't. He's like, I know you want Superman and Batman, but as soon as I sell those two, I'm going to be stuck with Calabac. So he's like, it's got to be an all or nothing type of proposition. <laughs> I've never seen those narrow cards wow. before, to be honest with you. Yeah, so those ones, at least in Canada, they were a uh, shell promotion. So when you filled gas, oh, you would no get, way. Yeah, you could buy those figures. So that's why, like, when you go to my parents' house, you'll find Robin all over the place. <laughs> because for whatever, like, that was my uncle's gas station, and he'd always treat me to a figure. But the, like, I love him, but he'd always forget that he bought me Robin with every tank of gas. So it's like, you realize there's like 10 of these guys. You don't have to buy me Robin all the time. He can be the Joker, yeah. can't he? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's, I love, I love Snap, and I've been meaning to get up there. I've got a bin of toys I got to take up to him to do some trades. But uh, I appreciate you having a, an eyeball up there for me. Now, I, I got a question for both of you, actually. When it comes to customization and painting, are you guys able to get a like brush stroke free paint app to the figure the same way that they come off of the or out of the boxes? Like, or do you always see brush strokes? Is that just a part of the customization where you're always just going to see some brush strokes? I, I imagine um, if you it, airbrush and stuff, you'd... yeah, air, airbrush is the, the best way to go, but it depends on the brush and it depends on the paint yeah. too. Like, there's um. The Gundam markers are actually really great because they're for like the Gundam model kits. And those guys are really cool. Once you get the markers going and you can do a bit of both, you can actually use the marker tips to go over the figure or you can actually use the paintbrush itself. And I find those things are like bomb when it comes to painting mm. over the figures more so than the brush. Because I know it sucks. Like when I started off, I used the brushes and um, I was probably using the wrong paints, but you always see the streaks. Yeah. 
Um, and I also I also uh, scrub the figures because the figures come sealed with like the factory like you know mm. seal that they put over the figures. Okay. So I always want to scrub that stuff off, and then you get a little better better results, and it, it sticks better to the <clears throat> to the characters or the figures. And you also want to sand. Sanding is like really important too, because then it'll really stick to the figure. Comes out a little more polished. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Not not that I plan yeah. on doing that, but I've always been curious about that. It's hard <laughs> to tell sometimes um, on the IG photos and all that if oh, like how yeah. how pristine the paint job is. But like the figures mm. always look amazing. The stuff that you guys are producing and all that. But it, uh, Troy, I only did the one, and, and my guy, it's like I <laughs> rusty parts on his costume. So he looks good, man. He looks good. It's it's the subtle things. It's the subtle things. It doesn't have to be big. It looks it's, great. Yeah, it's that, yeah. and it's it's yeah. your first one, not your only one, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that might be true. To be honest, as I stare at this <laughs> Affleck yeah. Justice League figure. Mm. So Troy, man, are you, are you coming at it hard this yeah. week, or uh, did you have another no, another not, quiet one? No. It's 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 pretty chill. Like um, I didn't pick up any comic books. Um, music though, I picked up Kanye West's Donda album has finally dropped. He's had like three listening parties. Finally picked up this album. There might be a lot of hate out there for it, but I think this album is awesome. So I've been I've been listening to Kanye like on repeat, and while doing so, I've been playing also Black Panther's uh, War for Wakanda, and that's been a fantastic playthrough. Um, but for the figures, I did pick up. Bloodsport as well. I got my hands on Bloodsport at, at Marty's at Phoenix Comics. Shout out to those guys. Always holding it down because those guys are always getting mm-hmm. figures in there. So I picked up Bloodsport um, and I picked up... There's so much in my hand. Oh, I picked up Flash. I picked up Flash from the Justice League. There were so many Justice League figures there that I was like, man, like, should I get them all? And I was like, you know what? There's a lot here. I think I'm pretty safe with Aquaman. I think I'm pretty safe with Cyborg. I'll come back and get those next time. But I really want to like have some time with Flash and kind of pose him up. So I got my hands on him. And um I got my hands on that three and three quarter line, man. I keep messing around with those guys. And I got my hands on uh Cyclops. Three and three quarter Cyclops yes. from like the classic look, man. Like like one step above like the his original look where he's like all blue, but he has like the yellow trunks and the big visor. Um, so that's a cool one. And um Man, I feel there's something else, but I'm I'm probably forgetting it, and I'll probably remember a little later on. But it doesn't matter. Couldn't have been that important of a figure, I guess. But uh, yeah, man, that, that that's my week. Nothing crazy. Um, no no PS5, no new Xbox or anything. Nothing nuts like that. Just just keeping it simple, man. Just a few figs, man. Yeah. It's it's always good. Just a few figs. A, that's all I need. Just a little, that's little all I need. taste of it, man. I had a very very similar week. Yeah. I actually I actually had a reverse week almost, where I had more leaving the nerd room. Than I did coming yeah. into it, and so I'll start with what came in. So I did pick up the the John Walker Marvel Legend, the Captain America version of him. So I have the U.S. agent agent version of him, and it's it's basically just a repaint with a head swap. But I needed it for the collection, of course. So the MCU Marvel Legends. This guy's he's swinging pretty handily from most of the pegs and WalMarts and all that, and retail price. It's got a cool box and all that, and so I did pick that up. And my favorite pickup from this week is is a couple Pez. This is something that I dip into once in a while. I think Sanjay at one point donned me Mr. Pezident. But I picked up from 1999 two Spider-Mans and a Hulk. And I'll throw a picture up on, on Twitter here. And to most people, these come across as being like throwaways, something you give your kid or whatever. I'm attempting to amass a complete Marvel and a complete Star Wars collection. I'm just slowly chipping away at this piece by piece. I'm only a handful away from each. 
and they're they're a cool little collectible two three bucks a piece can't go wrong satisfies that little plastic itch when you're not looking to, to spend a ton of money and it's a nice little thing to pivot to because they're pretty readily available anywhere you go whether it's a hobby shop or toys r us walmart you can always find something to that effect and i even found some for grabs actually this past week not in hand but coming up are the office pez so <laughs> everyone gets a version of pez so i'll throw some images up here on twitter and maybe instagram but what was really my weekend nerd was selling off parts of my collection i talked about it last week i executed it this past weekend and we usually use Kijiji, with this, which is a Canadian thing, I guess. I've never really used Facebook Marketplace. And so I decided, okay, I wasn't getting much traction on the figures. I had about 20 Marvel Legends, the loose Marvel Legends, comic Marvel Legends from 2014 to 2017. These are kind of cannon fodder figures that I were picking up just to get Build-A-Figure pieces for the Hulkbuster wave, I believe the Ant-Man wave, and a few others, or the Giant-Man wave, I should say. And so I had all these figures that I just had in a bin. I've attempted to sell them in the past, never really got much traction on them. Put them on Facebook Marketplace. My wife was like, did you open a toy store over the weekend? Because I <laughs> was able to sell all 20 of the figures. I sold all my Star Wars retro figures. I sold Black Series figures. And I, like, I'm packaging stuff up, sending it off. Good friend Dave bought a few Black Series figures. I sent a package to Kyle. I got another package like just random dude that's like, hey, can you mail this to me if I buy all them? I was like, sure, if you pay for the shipping. So I had a, a fully functioning Nerd Room toy store this past weekend with people picking stuff off, off my front porch and all this, just leaving me cash. So it, it was kind of a cool experience because it, it got to the point, and I think everyone gets to this point, and I kind of want to expand on this a little bit, guys, where you have to start making cuts, and when your bins, I find that like you get to a point where you have a storage bin, everyone's got a storage bin or two, where you have to start saying, look, I'm not enjoying this stuff anymore. I'm never going to display it. I'm, it's going to sit here until either my house burns down or my kids give it away after I pass, right? <laughs> like it's, it's never going to see the light of day. And so I kind of made some pretty harsh cuts, on, especially on the Star Wars stuff that I never foresaw myself doing but on the, I'm on the other side of it now, and I'm very, very pleased with it. Because not only do I have the money in hand from those figures, and in some cases more than I paid for them originally, but I'm able to now translate those figures that were in bins into collectibles that I'm going to display and enjoy, whether it's a NECA turtle, a retro thing, Ghostbusters, MCU, Marvel Legends, whatever. And so that's the benefit sometimes of, of just separating from some of those pieces and coming to terms with the fact that there's certain things that you don't need in your collection. Being a completist is very difficult because I find most completists of the ones I know, they have a massive amount of stuff in storage. And is that a way for a collection to live? And so I just pulled the trigger. Guys could not be happier. Have you guys, Carlos, have you ever been through that where you go through moments where it's like, I don't need this in my collection. Like I spent hours, days, years in some cases putting together some of these things specifically the black series and some of these legends walmart visits in and out in and out to get these things just to get a build a figure piece but now that it's gone i i feel lighter than ever like have you do you do you get that feeling have you felt that all right so i have to answer this question it's like the batman it's like <laughs> that trailer where you got like the bruce wayne pattinson voice that's talking in the mind's eye 
And then you have the Batman <laughs> talking. <laughs> there it is. So to answer your question, like, yes. But um, so the OG Batcave, like in my parents' undeveloped basement and putting together just like at the time it was like anything Batman I could get my hands on. And it started off as clippings out of Starlog magazines to then like got to have every single Batman forever action figure and every box of cornflakes with George Clooney on it and everything else type of thing. And like the collection was cool and it was immense. And um, it actually had like tons of things that are pretty coveted right now. Cause I had like, all the Batman, the animated series swag as well. Mm. Um, but then when we got married, I had like this kind of epiphany where it's just like, I just want to curate this thing down into like what my ideal collection would be and store it. Cause I didn't think it was fair to, cause like my parents had a fairly decent sized place and like the back cave in that was immense. It was like twice the size of this one kind of thing. <laughs> so I was like, it's not fair for me to just have my stuff occupying the space or like even to store, it would take up a pile of room. And so, yeah, I, I kind of curated it down and I did a lot of trading and kind of in the same vein as you is translating things into a piece that you'd love. I sold like big batches of figures and other kind of collectibles that I didn't want to store um, into single pieces. So like, I traded a bunch of the extra forever figures and the Batman and Robin ones and some animated series swag. And I got that cool Spider-Man bus that I have in my office there that's mounted on the web shooter and stuff. So I, I did like stuff like that with, with our boy Marty and um, yeah, did some, made some hard decisions. Like I had boxed Batman forever back cave and the boxed Batman 89 back cave and I let the 89 one go. Ooh. But, yeah. So, you know, I, I do kind of regret it because I, I do love the art on that thing and whatnot. But um, at the same time, yeah, I, I got some cool stuff. And it's just it's all part of the growing and flowing with the collecting, right? Like, there's that line from Fight Club. It, it's only a matter of time before the stuff you own starts to own you. So mm-hmm. I don't... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I try not to mess with like the paid for storage and all that kind of stuff. Like, oh no, um, I, I got my little shelf at my folks' house, my their new place where it's my fee for like moving them and painting and all that kind of stuff. I was like, we just need to store these like however many Apple boxes it is, and we'll do our nerd room Indiana Jones on the uh, on the Instagram and and that stuff. I'm like happy to have like those are all curated yeah. down. Like as you see the pictures of the stuff, it's kind of like. What my ideal version of those collections would be. So, like for example, for Batman and Batman Forever, it would it's you'll see pictures of like the regular version of Batman, the regular Bruce Wayne, the regular Robin, regular Dick Grayson, and then like the cool dual pack of Batman and Robin, the sonar suit, and then like regular Riddler, Riddler, regular Two Face, and then mm-hmm. like probably Riddler and his like funky leotard thing from the end of the movie. But there was a time where I had like that entire set of figures, which anybody that was around in the nineties knows the, the, the uh, unending wave after wave of Batman forever <laughs> action figures. So 
It's like a McFarlane yeah, DC waves. It was just perpetual. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I know. And you guys have dragged me right back into this yeah. nonsense <laughs> as, as I got the Affleck <laughs> McFarlane on my computer here. Yeah. How <laughs> about you, Troy, man? Have you ever gone through this phase? You know, we've seen yeah. you know, Kyle, our boy Kyle's going through it. Dave, our boy Dave, has gone through this with Funko Pops about taking mm-hmm. those out of his collection getting further and deeper into Mando stuff, Hot Toys, whatever, man. Have you ever gone through a phase in your collection where it was like, all right, it's either in a bin or it's out of here. It's I'm moving this to something new, different. I'm focusing on something bigger and better that's going to bring me more joy. A hundred percent, man. You know, it's it's so funny. That's why I'm the Nightwing to Bruce over here. I'm, doing, I'm going through exactly what he did once upon a time. I am doing that now. I'm currently... Um, you know, working deals and, and trying to get stuff out to focus on certain pieces. Not even necessarily to buy a bunch of more Marvel mm-hmm. Legends or Black Series, but like to get like a nice, good piece of something. So uh, that's kind of where I'm going through right now because I do want to not necessarily, I don't want to like scale down my collection, but um, it. there's another part of the collection that I want to focus on. And I'm pretty good with our, where I'm at with a couple of other things like my Black Series and Marvel Legends. Because the Black Series for me... Um, which is great, but it's taking a point now where it's like, okay, I'm satisfied with what I have. Now I'm just focusing on like the prequel stuff mm-hmm. and like the Disney plus shows. Um, and then the MCU stuff's always going to be firing for me. So I've just come to terms with like, that's just something yeah. I can't walk <laughs> away from, but it's, it's the one six scale stuff, right. That I'm trying to get into. So I figure, well, I collected so many of these six inch figs that now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, the ones that I, I have in box, but don't really do much for me those are the ones I'm going to be selling the stuff that I have posed up. I love those, which will always stay. So I'm just kind of slicing and dicing mm-hmm. and throwing stuff, uh, you know, putting it towards some other, some other collectibles, man. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I mean, if I could get my mindset properly and stay away from these transformers figures, because <laughs> watching that Netflix series, man, this is, this is crazy. This is, <laughs> it's, it's so dangerous. Transformers and turtles and ghostbusters and, man what's going it's awesome on? well and that's the thing it's <laughs> yeah. it's i think as as a collector as your your collection evolves and things that you coveted before and went crazy for like mm-hmm. 2015 16 and 17 for me were so much star wars and marvel and that's the stuff that i'm finding right now that i'm i'm slicing up a bit i'm moving away from some mm-hmm. of it and that's because i was like you carlos a younger you i was just buying anything in 2015 that had Age of Ultron or Force Awakens, Force Awakens on it, I bought it. I just bought it. <laughs> you know, and now I'm thinking, like, I didn't need all that stuff. I don't want all that stuff in my collection. I'm not going to display it all. Not because I don't like the movies or like the content. It's just that it's, for me, it does not there anymore. And so yeah. I think it's so important that as collectors, you always take a step back at some point and say, is the stuff that makes me happy? And if it's not, it's okay sometimes to get rid of it. It's okay to, to transition it, translate it, and make it into something you enjoy. And so that's the message that we're going to leave you guys with, is is always enjoy collections. It's something that we preach a lot here. And it's fun to share those stories of, of how things evolve and how they change, because it's okay. It's okay that Force Awakens and Star Wars isn't really my niche right now, right? And it's okay that at some point, Carl's moved away from... 89 stuff and all that like i think you're crazy for selling that 89 back game but that's that's a different story i know that was a long time ago but it's also like just enjoying stuff right like with yeah. these mcfarlands you guys got me opening figures and it's just like i was an inbox collector and like mint in mint seal oh. box everything but it's just like i'm just having so much fun with it like this stupid affleck figure 
I played with it all last week. And then, like, before we recorded, like, I jumped on first and nobody was in the room. And then in the DM, you'll find a bunch of pictures of it with the stupid Batmobile, like, posed up and lights on and stuff like that as I'm waiting for you guys to log on. That's I can't have fun like that if this guy's in the box. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it also used to be the same way. I would put figures back, like, figures I needed because there's a small dent on the back of the box that you would never see. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It it every, It's each their own, too, right? We're not here to preach about how you should collect or why you mm. collect or anything like that. This is just our preferences and us wanting to share those experiences with you guys to maybe op- open your eyes a little bit to what an out-of-box collection could do for you or what selling Funko Pops that you don't want to display that you just haven't been, that you could take that money and go buy a hot toy. You know what I mean? Like there's things that you can do that don't involve you going to Walmart or whatever and spending every week. It's, it's, it's moving the collection around because there's always someone out there to buy stuff too. There's always someone that's in a space that you were three, four years ago, that's looking for things that they missed. And so it's kind of this perpetual cycle of, of figures moving around and all this. And, and the key message there is have fun with it. Enjoy your collecting. If you're frustrated with it, go find something else to collect. You know, it's, I think all collectors are collectors by nature and there's, there's going to be something else. It's not just Star Wars. It's not just Marvel or DC. I'm sure all of you have a passion for something else. It doesn't even have to be in the nerd space, but just enjoy it guys. And uh, yeah, that's, that kind of wraps it up for this week, guys. We had a lot of news to get through there. Some fun talk on collecting and Shang-Chi may or may not be next week's episode. We're going to see what you guys have to say and see where everyone lands as far as seeing the film in a safe and uh and really epic fashion i think so i'm looking forward to hearing how everything goes with you guys and i guess i'll pull the trigger if i can get a socially distant seat at the landmark on tuesday afternoon with <laughs> with all the old people so anyways with all that being said in the episode behind us guys if you'd like to be a bigger part of this show you can email us at the nerdram at gmail.com you can find everything we do over the nerdroom.net the hunt is real and it's over on Instagram. You can find everything that we're picking up there at the Nerd RM and Twitter, guys. That's where we like to discuss these things. You're going to be seeing spoiler-free reviews for Shazam or Shazam. Ah, there you go, Shang Chi, <laughs> Freudian slip. Sorry, happened. <laughs> Coming out this week, and as always, as things come out here, we're going to be providing that commentary around it. So, with all that, guys, what a great episode! I had lots of fun. Hope you guys come back and listen next week, and if you enjoyed it as much as we've had putting it together. So until then, for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Batman. And thank you guys very much for entering The Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.